Yeah. Just took a just took a sip of water, which is uh, very appropriate for today's podcast preview. Welcome to this, by the way. This is the Red Bulletin podcast you're listening to. You probably know that because you've selected it in your iTunes feed or on Stitcher or wherever you find us. Uh, I'm your host, Andreas Georges. Um, we are typically talk to top performers in the worlds of um, sports and adventure and culture, innovation. We try and understand the hurdles that they had to overcome, the things that made them better, the tips and the tricks. But, you know, every other week we uh, take an opportunity to do a deep dive into a subject that we'll be covering tangentially or we'll hope to provide some context for um, our interview in the following week. And, uh, and I already mentioned we're, we Today I wanted to talk about water because we've got we've got a humanitarian on next week's podcast. Though you know, honestly, he'd probably take issue with that label. Uh, what he definitely doesn't take issue with, however, is the severity of the world's water crisis. And so, I wanted to take this week's preview podcast and and go in a bit of a different direction, rather than than focus on any one individual and their role in in history as we have been in the last couple of weeks. I wanted to tackle an issue. And uh, look at some of the organizations that are trying to do something about it. And the issue is clean drinking water. According to water.org, 663 million people don't have access to clean drinking water. And 6 to 8 million people die annually from the consequences of disasters and water-related diseases. Now, that is an enormous sum. That last figure is the population of New York City. Perhaps you heard of it. And fixing this doesn't involve massive investments in infrastructure or the development of some cure-all technology or, or, or changes and huge shifts in government policy. The change is rooted in very simple, simple solutions. The digging of a well, for example, or the cleaning of readily accessible water. It's solvable, in other words, and it involves just a small number of steps. And, and that's why the cause has attracted such a diverse group of people to help. For example, um, Gary White started Water Partners in 1990 after a dinner party. This was maybe, I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. They wanted to kind of pay it forward and figure out, you know, what they could do to better aid folks in the third world. Um, in 2003, uh, that organization created the Water Credit, which connected microfinance institutions with individuals and, and small communities who basically used the loans provided by those microfinance institutions to build clean water mechanisms, structures, you know, from wells to toilets. In 2006, Matt Damon was filming in Africa when he was inspired to t- start H2O Africa, but he since partnered with White to create Water.org. Its mission is educational, and in partnering with local organizations in 13 countries, Water.org builds wells and holds seminars on the importance of clean drinking water and sanitation systems. And, you know, we've all seen the YouTube videos of Matt Damon as well. Sometimes he's on Kimmel uh, promoting uh, Water.org as well. I mean, this is obviously an issue that's very uh, near and dear to his heart and also something that is um, quite you know, that he can use his storytelling ability and also his, his uh, prominence in his career to, to address, um, to address with, with a lot of, you know, with a lot of savvy and with a lot of force. 
But he doesn't really compare to a guy named Scott Harrison, whose origin story in this world might even be the most interesting. He started an organization that's called Charity Water. Uh, But before that, Scott Harrison was one of the kings of New York's nightlife. Uh, He was a, a drug experimenting, boozing, model dating 24-hour party promoter uh, who came to a cold realization one New Year's Day in Punta del Este in Uruguay. Uh, And that realization was he was a really awful person. Um, He'd grown up in a Christian household, so he, he turned to the Bible, and in its passages, he found inspiration for his next chapter. He joined a mercy ship uh, on which doctors treat people without access to health care and set sail for Liberia on the western African coast. While there, he saw a child drawing drinking water from a swamp. He was both horrified and, and dumbstruck at how such a simple problem lacked any kind of overarching solution. So in 2006, he started Charity Water, which dedicates 100% of its public donations to helping communities in 20 developing countries uh, build wells or, or get access to filter, etc. Um, but what's different about Charity Water is the savvy with which it is, with which it undertakes this work. So, you know, um, this is no surprise because Scott Harrison is a party promoter. Um, so Charity Water's brand and, and social game is strong. In fact, when, when he first took a look at the charity landscape, he scoffed at the um, existing lack of storytelling, of, of good design, of, of clever branding. In other words, there were no Nikes or Apples among them, and he wanted to change that. Um, charity Water has a very clear brand identity. The logo is a simple jerry can, which is a, like kind of a five-gallon plastic container. It's the most common way of transporting water in the third world. Um, that logo appears on T-shirts. Sometimes it appears tattooed on the skin of employees of Charity Water. And you know where your money is going because the nonprofit provides photos from the well-digging site or the Wayne Water catchment system along with uh, Google coordinates. So you can just look it up on Google Maps. He started it with a party, uh, of course. Uh, it was his 31st birthday party. And the 20 bucks that he charged at the door... Uh, with that money, he built three wells and fixed three others in a refugee camp in northern Uganda. He's since shot campaigns where a, a photo of a woman in Africa holding a glass of dirty drinking water is juxtaposed next to a similar pose of a, a very wealthy American woman holding the same glass of water. Uh, the message is clear. Uh, context is everything. The charity has started 19,000 819 projects in 24 countries, benefiting over 6.1 million people. And as of last year, the organization has raised more than $200 million. It's a sophisticated nonprofit, dressed up like a brand and doing good. And then there's next week's guest. When John Rose started Waves for Water in 2009, his goal was simple, empowerment. Rather than you know, take the Harrison approach and and scale a massive organization, creating a presence in third world countries that would require staff. He'd let well-intentioned travelers and adventurers, and in one case, a military battalion, do his work for him. His couriers program invites anyone who wants to to carry a simple $50 water filtration system 
in their luggage when they go on a trip. I mean, you could be like going to a surf trip. You could be going to, um, I don't know, like do a food tour, a cuisine tour in like the Mexican Baja. You could go to Nicaragua. Uh, you could be going to India. And you could just have this water filtration system in your bag. And uh, through education beforehand, you'll then be matched. Uh, you'll then be connected with community leaders wherever you're going, um, whether it be a, a, just a, a third world region or a conflict zone. And you'll be able to uh, pass those filtration systems on as well as uh, do a seminar and educate uh, the local populace on how to use them. Waves for Water estimates its work has benefited more than 7 million people in 27 countries. Now, keep in mind, this is only um, eight years that it's been in existence. In Haiti, the numbers are around 3 million. That's, by the way, that's one third of the population. Rose attributes all this success uh, to an approach that really eliminates the need for red tape and uh, circumvents bureaucracy and the need for, for oversight that needs to be scaled Rather, it appeals to the do-gooder in all of us, um, and it lets us understand that that helping solve the world water crisis can be done in a way that rather seamlessly integrates into our current lifestyle. Rose has a different name for it. He calls it guerrilla humanitarianism. So join us next week um, for our interview with Rose. He's got a really interesting background. He talks about his life as a as a pro surfer, um, the earthquake that changes view for forever and his, his current, uh, philosophy and approach of not having a permanent address. Um, imagine it as like the hashtag van life movement, but with like planes and with a lot more, uh, international travel. So, um, it's a real great conversation. I wanted to uh, shout out our producer T Rizza for some of the research that led to this preview and, um, you know, We'll see you next time.